the best thing to do is to grow with and for your child who's trans. And the worst thing perhaps is to pretend like this doesn't exist because then you sort of erase them. Hello, everyone. I'm Maria Sansone. Welcome to another edition of Mom to Mom, the podcast. I am so glad you're here today because we are about to have a really interesting, enlightening, and really pretty important conversation. Have you ever thought about what it would be like if your child came up to you and said that they didn't feel like the person that the world saw them as? Well, that is exactly what happened with my guest today, Jody Patterson. She was faced with that situation when her son was just three years old. So that is what we are digging into today. We're going to find out how we can create families and communities to support our children as they grow into their identities, how we can be allies. And Jody has some real tips and suggestions as someone who's gone through this. She's going to show us how we can learn and maybe more importantly, unlearn some of our behaviors, how we can be better listeners and challenge ourselves and practice. And it was great to hear her say that she's still practicing and gives us permission to kind of go through all this because it can be a little clunky for all of us. So she's a mom of five. She's an author of this brand new children's book called Born Ready, the true story of a boy named Penelope. And today we're going to hear the true story from Jody Patterson. Jody, how are you? Welcome to Mom to Mom. Thank you. It is so good to be here. I love this whole conversation, Mom to Mom. It's right up my alley. Well, thank you. And thank you for sending me this beautiful book. Congratulations, Born Ready. This book is obviously based on your journey. I would love to kind of go back to that real life moment where your three-year-old child comes to you and says, Mom, everyone thinks I'm a girl, but I'm not. I'm a boy. That was a moment. <laughs> I will, I, you know, I will never forget it. Um, and ironically, Penel, who's now 13, does not acutely remember that moment. You know, he was three at the time. And I was thinking, here is my daughter. We named that child Penelope. And the first year really became troublesome for Penelope. And by the second year, we were seeing chronic nail biting chronic bedwetting, nightmares, reoccurring nightmares, biting the nails until bloody. And, uh, and, and the worst was that Penelope had become a bully with siblings and with friends on the playground, just really pushing and being aggressive. And what I thought was, was disruptive, wouldn't leave the house, refused to put on clothing, refused to brush hair. And so leading up to the summer when Penelope said, mama, I'm not a girl, I'm a boy. I was really like up to here. I didn't know what to do. You know, we had love, we had food, we had home, we had family, why was my child so angry and so uh, sad all the time? And so I had been trying to fix things. I know this is a long story, but I have to give you the background because the moment doesn't define it. There was so much more. There was two years, three years of disruption and anger. And when I stopped trying to fix it and I asked Penel one day, I said, baby, what's wrong? Sit with mama, sit down and tell me, why are you so angry? And Penelope confided in me and said, mama, because everyone thinks I'm a girl and I'm not, I'm a boy. When you ask how was it in that moment, <laughs> I thought I had failed to raise a feminist. That was really one of the first things that popped into my mind. I put it on me. Like, how could I have raised this girl who I thought was a girl to be so unhappy with herself? Did I drop the ball on feminism? Did I forget to teach her how great women are? Of course, it turns out that my child is a boy. He's a transgender boy. 
had nothing to do with my failure. What Penelope was telling me was his truth from the inside. And so eventually I got past the guilt. I got past the sadness and uh, I'm here telling you that it's, it's a, actually one of the best things that's happened to us. And telling families out there that, you know, it's not about you at all as the parent. As a parent and as an adult, we think so much of life is about the buttons we push and the moves we make and the decisions that we uh, labor over and then finally make. And I was thinking that my child was a reflection of how I was raising that child. And on some level, they are. You know, we raise them with values um, and with habits. But on a deeper level, Pinnell is his own person. And so he was just telling me, Mama, who you think I am is not who I am. And I need you to hear me, hear me finally, you know. That must have taken a lot of courage. Three years old? I think so. I mean, I, I think it's always a declaration when you define yourself differently from the way others see you and perceive you. If we raise our children to be outspoken, to be verbal, to rock the boat in some ways. I mean, I was raised by activists, civil rights activists. Gil Scott Heron, who wrote The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, is my uncle. My grandmother changed the laws during the segregated South. So I, I'm used to going up against status quo. <laughs> a part of my family culture. So Pinnell, I guess, had some of that in him. I just didn't expect him to ever say, I'm not a girl, I'm a boy. <laughs> that just never crossed my mind in my way of thinking about the world at the time. Yeah. And a lot has changed. A lot has changed in a decade and we will get into that. But Born Ready is a children's book. Why did you decide to share the story now and in a way that's really understandable for, for little kids? Yeah, so this is a story, you know, long time in the making, and I wrote the full story in my memoir, which is really sort of my understanding of gender, relearning it, rediscovering myself, rediscovering my son, and millions of people that I had never thought about before, right, trans people exist, um, and that journey was, was turbulent, my journey of discovery was turbulent, but I wanted to write a book for kids that had none of that heavy stuff, I think adults put all of the scariness and the danger and the sadness on gender. And so I wrote a book with my children from their perspective. And from their perspective, their identities are fantabulous. <laughs> they are <laughs> triumphant. They win the gold medal at the karate tournament. And so Born Ready is really like my kids' story, their voice and their joy around who they are. Um, my, my son is a black trans boy and he's like really happy with himself. And so I hope that comes across in the book. This is a story of family acceptance and joy. Yeah, so the book isn't just about trans representation but also about black representation. What kind of conversations would you hope that this book inspires other families? Thank you for noticing that. The story that I'm trying to tell over and over again inside my house but also out in the world in the boardroom, in startup companies, at hospitals, is really that there are folks that we have not seen fully. You know, the dominant culture doesn't really see the marginalized culture. So I would say like white folks don't fully see black folks, rich folks don't fully see poor folks, cisgender people don't fully see trans people. And so when I share my story of my family, I don't do it because I want to be the target, right, of, of talk. I do it because I want you to see us, like experience us. And in that proximity, I'm hoping that, you know, you won't vote against my trans son. I, I'm hoping you won't hurt my Black boys and my Black daughter. So these are ways that we can get closer to each other by, by seeing me. At some point, I hope you identify with me. Like the story really isn't just about being Black and trans. It is about being human and a part of a family. So I hope even you, you're not Black, you're not trans, but you can identify with this family idea that we must grow together. Well, I certainly know as parents, we are constantly evolving. 
and having to face difficult situations and answer tough questions. And kids definitely will put us on the spot when you least expect it, right? <laughs> With this stuff that can be really tricky. And I know for you, you must still feel like you're evolving on this journey. You have five kids, so I'm sure there's never a dull moment. Um, what are some things that you learned about yourself as you were going through everything with your son? So much. I learned I'm more than my gender. For so many years, I was thinking what men do and what women do. And I was uh, thinking that boys do certain things and girls do certain things. I know it sounds old fashioned and I'm progressive in many ways, but I see myself now when I look in the past, I was really doing the Mars and Venus story mm. <laughs> over and over again. And so what I learned about myself is I am more than my gender. I will stretch out in this life and touch all things, not just the things made for a 50 year old mother or woman or black. I will touch all of life. So it's like what I learned from my son um, about liberation and about being who you are from the inside. I actually applied it to myself. I'm much more um, independent. I'm much more, I would say successful, how I define success. I'm a better mom, <laughs> like a way better mom. I'm more fun. <laughs> I love this. I love all of this. These are just, you know, there were some, it was a lot of um, learning. It's like when you deep dive into someone's life, you actually becomes an internal process for yourself. So like I deep dived into my son and the best benefit was that I was able to transition myself into this better, stronger, fuller woman. So your journey pretty much started about a decade ago. A lot has changed. And just in the last few years, even with uh, vocabulary and gender neutral pronouns becoming a little bit more part of our vernacular and everything like that. What do you and your family make of these shifts? It, it seems like from the outside looking in, we're, we're moving in the right direction. I agree. I think we're practicing to be better. I think it takes practice. We are not born... We are born ready, but <laughs> as the book describes, but we are not born with language, right? We learn language and we learn habits and then we have to learn new language. And so 10 years ago was a whole different story. No Janet Mock, no Laverne Cox on the on this big screen, no pose. We didn't have all of that representation, that trans representation. Um, and our language as a culture has gotten better. I practiced, I have to tell you, in front of my mirror. Like, how else are we going to get this right? Like, it doesn't just click. So I stood in front of my mirror and I said, Penelope Heat, Penelope Heat, and like to rejigger my brain and my heart and my mouth all together to get the heat pronoun because it wasn't something that, fl that um, flowed off my tongue easily. And so I say that we are making progress in our homes. We are making progress in our schools. I think the laws have to catch up with our hearts. I know there are more than 250 bills uh, up for grabs that are anti-LGBT. A hundred of those, hundred plus of those are anti-trans. So we have a long way to go. But the progress I see is with moms saying like my son or my child, my daughter is different from me, but they will have a life. <laughs> they mm -hmm. cannot go unseen. And so I think when you ask like, where are we now? I think that the, the progress is happening in our families. And you mentioned language and that is such a huge part of this. And as the language evolves, it can feel clunky for people. It, like you said, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Would you encourage um, people to give it a shot, even if you feel like you, you might not be getting it quite right just yet? You have to jump in. I mean, language is such a, an important part of the human experience. Also, language is very flexible, right? In some uh, languages, there is no gender pronoun. It's just they, them, they are, right? So my um, children's grandfather, he's a cute story. He's from Ghana. He was uh, 
born in Ghana and spent much of his life in Africa. He was an eye surgeon, highly educated, spoke multiple languages, but in his native language of Twi, there are no gender pronouns. So although he was conservative and didn't really understand what transgender meant, I don't even know if he would have supported it. He could say he with Penelope because it didn't matter to him, right? So like, it didn't feel uh, wrong to call Penelope he because gender pronouns don't really exist in his language. And I say that because language is flexible and we can shift it around. We just have to get the visual out of the way. So I always say in my house, who left their shoes at the front door? Who left their toothpaste in my bathroom? So when I hear people say, you, I can't use they and them for a person, we do it all the time. When we don't know the gender or when we don't know what the person looks like, we use they, them all of the time, right? So their shoes, their toast is in the toaster. And so I want to just remind people that if we sort of remove the idea that if I know who you are by looking at you, you don't. So we can use the they, them there. We can practice it. It feels funny, but if we really look at language, we already have these skills. Well, I like what you said about practicing in the mirror, because I think that will make a lot of people feel like they're not alone. You know what I mean? Because, um, because it is new, it is new and, and you've got to practice like anything. Yeah. And just to say, you know, I made so many mistakes with my language in my house. And every time I would make a mistake, I would look at my son and say, I'm so sorry. I know your boy. I just made a mistake. My tongue is, is catching up. And so when we make a mistake in public, we want to apologize in public too, so that the whole thing is the veil is taken away. The the best thing to do is to grow with and for your child who's trans. And the worst thing perhaps is to pretend like this doesn't exist because then you sort of erase them and you erase their identity. So try, try out loud, make the mistakes, laugh through it as you would any class that you would take. <laughs> this right. is a class in gender and identity. Absolutely. So how can parents out there become better allies to the LGBTQ community? There's so many things we can do. Hire someone who is LGBT in your business, in your school, in your company. It's important to have trans people, LGBT people in places of decision-making, right? In places of power. We won't understand enough if we force the LGBT community to hide behind some wall, right? So hire an LGBTQI person, particularly a trans person, particularly a trans person of color, sit in on some conferences, sit in the back row, don't say anything, just listen. <laughs> you can Google LGBT conferences, they're national, and you can hop on and experience and listen and learn. Learning is really key. You can ask yourself, what does my friend group look like? Go on your Facebook page, look at your friend group. If they look just like you, you're not doing the work. You got to expand your friend group. So if you have no LGBTQAI friends, if you have no friends of color, or in my case, if I have no white friends, expand your friend group. Get to know people who are different from you. The first thing is not to, you know, wear the flag or raise the fist. It's getting to know people. And I know people talk a lot about decolonizing your bookshelf. Read some books. <laughs> Read my books. <laughs> Experience life through through words, stories, storytelling and story receiving is really key in this. Yeah, something you can do immediately is diversify the library, put some things out there for the kids. Born Ready would be a great start. Is yeah. there a certain age that you recommend for this book? Someone just asked me that yesterday. Is this subject too complicated for young minds? And I, I started reading to my kids before they could speak. I read to them stories that I thought instilled values and um, compassion and love. And so stories around gender and identity and pride are great for all ages. 
the littlest and the oldest. I find that children's books are really easy to, to digest. So you can do it in 10 minutes and you feel like you've learned something and you have. Yeah, it's a sweet story. It's really, really nice. You did a wonderful job. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for your time today. Happy to be here. Everyone out there, check out Born Ready, a true story of a boy named Penelope. And that's a wrap for this episode of Mom to Mom, the podcast. If you want to hear more from Jody Patterson, you can find her on Instagram at Jody Patterson, and she has access to her books there as well. And if you want to check out more Mom to Mom, we've got all of our podcasts up wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also catch the TV version of our show. That's on Mondays at 1130 a.m. on NBC10 Boston. And if you still want some more, I invite you to check out our Facebook page. We have a group over there with all kinds of stuff going on and you can find that on Facebook. Just search mom to mom with Maria Sansone. Okay. That's all my housekeeping and I'll see you next week here on mom to mom.